Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Get over to Leon Tailoring for that young person who graduated. Congratulations, by the way. And make sure they've got the clothes for that big job interview. Hey, the economy may be good, but you still got to dress for success. And Leon Tailoring, they can help your young person do that with a professional wardrobe and attire that they need. And so all those years of college and getting a degree do not go to waste. So Leon Tailoring, the perfect place to get your young professional off to that start in the world of work. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. So, um, I have to say that uh, this has been a, a lesson for me as a legislator uh, for almost 16 years. Uh, it's the first time I can tell you that I'm going to walk out of this building and really uh, have something to call back, call my my uncles, my aunts, and apologize to them for. Uh, this 28 to 20, 28 to 19 vote is in no way a referendum on Indiana. I want to make it clear that uh, there was a lot of hard work put in to get those 28 votes. And uh, from my perspective, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle has some very difficult votes. Uh, members are tearful because they had to uh, somehow vote for a bill that didn't fit their religious beliefs. For me, I feel comfortable with what I did in trying to protect a women's bodily autonomy. And I just, I think nobody won. Uh, even if you're pro-life, you didn't win. There was nothing that came from this that we can be proud of in the state of Indiana. And, you know, I, I listened to Senator Glick talk about all these wraparound services. Where are they? They, they gave $45 million to the budget committee to do what with? When we, when we were here back in the, a couple months ago, we could have done what we needed in anticipation of the Dobbs decision, but we did nothing. There's, what, what precedent do we have that we're gonna come back here and do something for these mothers when we set a bill over that had doulas in it, it came back from the house trying to study the reimbursement rate for doulas. We had $6 million for doulas, and, and, and they're trying to say that we're going to provide wraparound services. The one piece that we had in there, they took it out. How can Hoosiers be confident that this legislature, oh, speaking of which, Senate Bill 2, instead of giving taxpayers their money back, they put a billion dollars into an investment fund to earn interest on your money. The pension stabilization fund is nothing but a mere investment tool. It doesn't pay down any debt. It earns interest. There's nothing that they did to help the women who are going to suffer as a support, as, a, as Senate Bill 1, 10 weeks for a 10-year-old. It's a very, very bad day in the state of Indiana. Does Indiana have the infrastructure to deal with 8,000 new births, potentially? I have the infrastructure to deal with 10 births in my house, but that doesn't mean I'm going to 
pay for 10 babies. Yeah, we got the infrastructure. The question is, do we have the um, do we have the gumption to actually do it? Are we going to take care of our pension stabilization fund and create these investment vehicles? Or are we going to take care of the women that we just now are forced to have uh, their rapist child? The question is really simple to me. If we knew we were going to do this, then why didn't we provide the services before we did it? And so now that this law goes into effect, according to the legislation, September 15th, what do women do between now and July 31st of next year when our fiscal budget is put together? What do they do? What do those women in between that time do? Deal with the same thing, the high, one of the highest infant mortality rates in this country? Maternal mortality ranks as third in the country? What are you going to do about that between now and July of 2023? It's not, again, if you're pro-life, you can't be happy. If you're pro-choice, you can't be happy. I don't know who left here happy. All I know is people need to go out and vote in November. How should Hoosier women feel tonight? Violated. And that's, I'm not even going to pull back. Violated. You know, I thought about some of the dialogue that was going on. We're talking about, you know, we actually had dialogue in this general assembly about whether or not a woman would lie about being raped or a victim of incest. And then we take a piece of legislation that gives 12 weeks for a child less than 16 years old, 12 weeks, and we bring it back over and we take two weeks away from them. And then we say that we're here to protect those vulnerable people. Women should be offended. Women should, should, <laughs> women should be offended. They were violated. As a man, I will never have to make that decision. But as a woman, especially if you're in childbearing years, you should be the ones that vote. And you should be the one to put forth the effort to get these people out of office so we at least have some type of parity so this kind of stuff won't happen. They only got 28 votes. What do you think would have happened if we had had 15 members in our caucus? They would never have been able to do this. But this is the, this is the result of a power grab. And if you think they're going to stop at rights for women, this is the first step. The next thing is they're coming after their LGBTQ plus, and then who knows after that? And this is just the beginning of it all. These are the same people who have been fighting to take away your voting rights. Now they're taking away your, your reproductive rights, your rights to love who you want to love. This is the same group. Does what happened in Tennessee give you hope? <laughs> Listen, what happened in Kansas, Kansas gives me Kansas Kansas, Kansas Kansas gives me hope. Tennessee's marijuana, my bad. Hey, you know what? In Texas, it gives me hope because you know what? Texas has actually de de determined that their effort to ban abortion doesn't really stop it. You know what they created? They created a system where pathways where people went to other states, right? So we're going to find the same thing here. People are going to go to Illinois. Illinois has already seen a, what, a tripling of the number of people who are going there just based on our debate on this. We, that's all we're doing. We're just creating another transportation opportunity to go to Illinois, okay? And people don't want it, and they know it. They know it. I don't know what kind of polling she was talking about. 
But the, the, what I hear, their polling is about 11% want life of the mother only. And when you get up to rape and incest, it's somewhere around the 30% range. Is that an overwhelming support? No. And they passed. And these guys have to answer to the right to life people who they answered surveys for to get their endorsement in 2020 that said, I will only vote for right for life of the mother only. Those senators have to answer that question. Then those senators who voted for this, who claim to be some kind of, you know, middle of the road person has to go out and say, yeah, I want a 16 year old to carry their rapist baby if they find out they're pregnant after 10 weeks. It's not good. And nobody got anything out of it. I, somebody got something from somewhere I don't know. But none of these legislators, I mean, if I vote for something, I wouldn't be standing over there crying about it. All right. Thanks. You ladies, take care. Don't let these men step up front and get the questions first. Y'all step up first. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.